0: Kai, how are you doing this afternoon?
1: I'm doing really good. How about yourself?
0: Doing good. Thanks so much for taking the time to hop on. I I really appreciate it. Um, do you mind giving us a brief bio and some of the big ideas you're interested in?
1: Yeah, yeah. Let me uh you know, this 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 entire thing really started back in twenty eleven. Um, I was, I guess, like twelve at the time. And um, you know, I, I grew up very religious. Very religious. My family is uh lds they're mormons and um like with with most religions you kind of grow up with uh you you know this idea that one day you're gonna have this afterlife and everything's gonna be okay and it's you know it's actually a very comforting feeling right uh so i grew up with that and and as i got older i kind of disconnected from it a little more around that time and um what sucks is you kind of lose that comforting feeling like all that stuff is still very it, it would be very great to have, right? Yes. Especially living forever. It's all. It's a fantastic concept, right? Uh, and and losing that was was difficult, right? Like losing that kind of comfort. And um, so I remember at the time I was, uh, uh, you know, just browsing the internet, and I, I came across what was called the 2045 Initiative. Um, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of it. No. It's it, it was a project by this Russian billionaire named Dmitry Yitzkov and he wanted to make humans immortal by 2045 nice um and i thought that was just like the coolest concept ever at the time it was like mind-blowing to me and uh, so i was looking into it and I, I started to learn about all these technologies you know one of those being cryonics of course but also uh you know aging drugs and, and reversing and curing aging and all these longevity interventions that people were working on and um i think he ended up not pursuing that anymore. I I think he wanted to have brain transplants by 2020. And I think (laughs) the timeline started getting a little difficult, a a little bit Uh, difficult. Yeah. Yeah. 2045 is, uh, it starts coming up quickly. Right. Yeah. And, um, but it was still, it kind of unlocked that in me. It was like, okay, I still love this idea of living forever. Obviously this is a fantastic concept. And if we can accomplish this through science, I mean, wow, like I, I can't think of anything more, impactful to work on for the human race. Right. Absolutely. Um, and you know, and that, in that un- unlocking that kind of ruins you a little bit because I, I remember being in like, you know, ninth grade, I, I was in freshman year of high school and I would go in and I'd get my, you know, my English homework, and I'm looking at it. I'm like, man, we're going to fucking die. Like, what am I doing that sitting here like, working on this, right?
0: It <laughs> seems like a waste, right?
1: Yeah, it seems like... like a waste of time. And it just, it was really messing with me. Uh, so much so that I i ended up actually dropping out freshman year, dropping out of high school. Nice. Um, and I knew, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to work on something in life extension eventually and and help move that forward. But I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do that there in school. So I ended up leaving. Um, and you, know, working on anything in this field is difficult of course, cause the, the barriers to entry are so high. Right. I mean, you go to something like, you know, an industry like tech. I mean, if you're a 12 year old with a laptop, you can compete at right. a very oh, yeah. high level. Like you can just get involved and, uh, for, for nearly no upfront investment. And, um, you know, I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm like. 12 or 13 years old at the time, I, you know, I grew up in a townhouse outside of Baltimore. I have no connections to anyone in biotech or deep tech or anyone working in any of these things. So didn't really know how to get started. So I, I dove into what I was good at, which was tech, which was computers. Um, I always played games. I taught myself to code at a young age, making Minecraft plugins, right? And uh, so it was a, it was a good way to kind of just start building things and getting experience and, and, and starting to get involved in uh, you know, just the world of entrepreneurship. And, um, so I, I started with Minecraft servers way back in the day. So this was still around when I was ninth grade, but it was after I dropped out. And, um, I, I, uh, I started building Minecraft servers and, and, you know, Minecraft servers back in the day were kind of a gold mine. They were, uh, you you could really get a little business going on, on Minecraft. And and to this day, people still do have fantastic businesses in in, in Minecraft. (laughs) I mean, that make millions. It's, it's incredible. (laughs) Um, same thing happens in Roblox, and, and, uh, uh and, and now the web three industry is just kind of realizing how much money there really is in gaming and yeah. <laughs> starting to go towards that more. But, um, so yeah, I, I started my first little business, which was Minecraft servers and, and over time just kind of worked my way up. Um, I went from making Minecraft servers to hosting them. I, uh, started a company called my MC servers when I was, I think 15. And um, uh, we became one of the larger providers in the entire world for Minecraft servers pretty quickly. And uh, that was actually the first company that I sold back in those days. So that was kind of my first big win. It wasn't some massive sale or anything, but uh, as, as a teenager, it kind of really... It's a big deal. Yeah, it was a big deal for me. And um, so I kept kept trying to move up. I got into hosting all kinds of game servers for all kinds of different games at the next company. Ended up selling that one. Uh, I got into even further down the hosting line. I got into dedicated servers, web hosting, VPSs. Uh, this was, of course, before everyone would go to AWS for a website or gotcha. throw their site on Vercel. I mean, this was when you'd go to HostGator and throw nice. your website up, right? So this was just right, a different time. Yeah, this, is, this is a much different time. And, uh, but it was fun. I, I loved that industry. and. Um, you know, after that, I actually, I got involved in, in making a, I made a web three company back in 2017. Um, this was before everyone called it web three. This was uh, most people actually called it the decentralized web was gotcha. kind of one of the, one of the names for it. Uh, no one really knew what to call it at the time. And uh, what ended up building was a, a website builder that deployed websites onto IPFS or the decentralized web, right? Um, <clears throat> and it was, it was difficult even at that time to find a product market fit. Right. I mean, this is like really early in, in crypto and everything. Yeah, it's hard now.
0: It's hard yeah, now.
1: it's still hard now. So it was even back in those days, it was difficult. And so I just, you know, I had a ton of different projects that I worked on. Some did well, some, you know, flopped uh, over many years. You know, I spent spent about 10 years in tech altogether. And uh, my, my most recent tech company was one that I made with uh, uh, my, my buddy Dayton Mills. Uh, we have the same last name, but we're not, we're not brothers, just, uh, just friends. Yeah. And, uh, uh we made branch and, uh, branch was kind of, um, you know, it was like a, it's almost like a love letter to the last 10 years of working on all these projects. You know, we both were working in Minecraft and web three and all these things over so many years, we knew about each other, but never really worked on anything. And so we kind of came together and, uh, you know the, the CTO at Branch now is actually the guy that I made my first uh, Minecraft server with, so nice. we all kind of stuck together over the years, and and uh, uh, and then the baby of all of that was Branch, and um, you know Branch has some very cool unannounced things that I can't talk about, but it's going well. <laughs> it's going it's going well, um, and it it kind of put me in a position where finally after all these years. I could, I, I had the opportunity to dive into the life extension space now yeah. with resources and experience and not just being some kid who's excited about it, right? And now those barriers to entry seem a lot lower than they did when I was 12, right? Uh, so the timing really kind of lined up and um, and then I guess that brings us to cryopets, brings us to now. So that's a, a quick rundown. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. The last decade, and, you
0: know. No, I, I love that. I love that. And, and why? Um, you know, a lot of people are working on longevity now. There's a lot of money going in the space. Um, and I've been interested in cryonics for probably about ten years. So I, I I saw you on Twitter. I think that's probably how I found you. Somebody had retweeted one of your tweets. I'm like, wow, like I, you know, I really like cryonics. Um, you know, and, and I think it's a it's a good idea. Uh, hedging your bets, maybe a little bit. I actually believe in like a an afterlife, but I, I like to hedge my bets. I guess <laughs> I, I'm less epistemically confident than I would like to proclaim. Um, yeah. But you know why why focus on cryonics, right? Like because th- there, there's a bunch of different approaches to longevity. Um, you know, we there, there's ideas about like uh, you know working on senescence. There's you know all kinds of different approaches. Um, why do you think uh, cryonics is is the right approach for us to take right at this point in time?
1: Yeah. I mean, I was, you know, I was actually considering, uh, so about this time last year was when I left my previous company and, and started focusing on all this stuff. And I was trying to figure out exactly where I'd be the most useful in the space. So I was looking all over live extension. I mean, everything from gotcha. cryonics to aging, to mind uploading, like what's everyone working on? Yeah. W- what does the industry look like? And um, I actually saw this tweet from uh, Balaji who, who was talking about sort of tech trees. And mapping out ah, the tree, nice. and I, I really love the idea of that. I actually made my own tech tree just for life extension. Awesome. Pretty pretty high level, you know, just the very high level things that people are working right. on, where the funding is going and what's not getting attention, yeah. if it needs help. And <clears throat> I made I sort of turned it into three different columns. One was more the chronic stuff. One was the life extension, uh, longevity, you know, interventions, aging—that's yeah. sort of area—and then one was kind of the more crazy stuff like uh, you know, digital consciousness and, and, right. and that area. And uh, I found that cryonics was so like there was no focus on it, which was mind blowing gotcha. to me because I mean I, I visited Alcor back in 2016. I got to walk around. Um, and 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 uh, you know before that was aware of cryonics and who was working on it. I didn't realize it was such a small industry. I didn't realize that there was pretty much no money going into this industry, which blew my mind because when I developed this tree, it was an entire column. Like this seemed like a very important piece of this, right? Right. So it became pretty obvious like where I was needed the most. Yeah. Um, and as I got to uh, talk with all the experts in the field and figure out where everything is, and it became so apparent that cryonics is the single most important thing that we need to focus on. And there's a few reasons for this. I think the the main core one is that it's the only thing that actually targets the death problem. Right. And because the problem is there's so many different causes of death. There's so many, right. different. I mean, if we're talking about radical life extension, what we're really pl- playing is a, non-stop game of whack-a-mole. Right. right. <laughs> Every time something else comes up, we got to get it in time. Yeah. And you know, as time goes on, I mean, let's, let's, let's say even best case scenario, we cure aging in our lifetimes reverse it completely. Yeah. Right? And, uh, I mean, you better not, I mean, let's say you're living 200 or 300 years, you better not be spending any of that time in a car. Right. right, exactly. And as that You're time trouble. goes on, I mean, the probability of you dying in a car crash almost right. becomes one hundred percent. Right, yep. and that's just one example. Definitely. I mean, senescence, even though solving it would be a massive breakthrough, uh, there's so much more. Right, there's Definitely. so many, so many more things that can kill us. So, those probabilities hmm. start to look a little scary over when, it, when you when you look at it over a radical time period. Definitely. And, you know, and, 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 and that's best case scenario, if we can actually solve this in essence problem. Right. right? The problem is we haven't made really any real progress. That's the problem. And that's on, the, on, that's aging. the is on aging. Yeah. We haven't gotcha. been able to gotcha. extend the human lifespan by one day to, right. this, to this, to this day, aside from exercise and diet. Right. I mean, right. nothing has even come close. Um, and I think there's, a little too much optimism when it comes to just how far we're going to be able to extend our lifespan by drugging by drugging ourselves i mean just how much further that can get us um, has been a little too optimistic and i know there's some you know communicators in the space who yeah you know bring a lot of people in and get people excited about it which is really good but maybe are a little Dishonest when it comes to just how far we're actually getting and how how much further we have to go. So it kind of right, makes right. People feel like, oh, this might be possible. And that's how I felt back ten years ago, yeah. right? I was like, wow, I can't wait for wait to see the progress of this over time. And right. ten years later, here I am, and there hasn't really been much progress, right? And right. I know people, uh, you know, cryonists as well. I know, I know, Max Moore talks about this, where I mean, he's been looking at this space for much longer than I have like 40 or 50 years he's been looking at this space. Yeah. And there really hasn't been a lot of progress. So Gotcha. It's it's a dangerous bet if you're someone who's really focused on radical life extension. Like if you're someone who just wants to make people live, you know, slightly longer, healthier lives, you know, yeah. and that's fantastic, right? That's good yeah. work. But you're in the healthcare industry, right? You're not you're not someone who's working on radical life extension. If we're really talking about radical life extension, we need to get serious about what's probable in our lifetimes and double down on it. And when you look at something like, uh, uh, you know, really anything in biotech, there's so much red tape, you know, it doesn't matter how many billions you throw at it. You still have to get through those clinical trials.
0: Right. right? Absolutely. And
1: when you look at something like cryonics, this is an engineering problem. There is no red tape there is no clinical trials, right. uh, The more money we throw at it, the faster it gets solved period. Right? Right. And so, yeah, it, it, it at least for me, it seems very obvious to focus on chronics. And I hope that that becomes more of a focus as time goes on.
0: Definitely. Well, You know, you, make a, you make a lot of really good points, Kai, in that um, I don't know if you've ever seen this lecture. I do CrossFit, uh, the founder of CrossFit, who's now no longer affiliated for a number of reasons. Um, has a lecture he gives where you know he's explaining the philosophy and he like paints these like three buckets of death you know you've got like kinetic problems you get hit by a car you can have like toxins you know and then the pathogens and then there's like chronic conditions which we can kind of control through diet and exercise and then aging which we can't really do anything about you know it, it it's so fascinating and it makes a lot of sense right like chronic solves a lot of these problems um in a way that other approaches do not and aging is a, uh, you know uh it, it's a field that you know, at, laura deming talks about this she says you know aging is like kind of a toxic field there's a lot of grifters there's a lot of like um misinformation um and, and so perhaps like uh one of your claims is that it's kind of overstated that they've overstated well there's been some overstating of the amount of progress that has gone on in the field of aging so far
1: right yeah I mean, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Laura, because she's actually a fantastic example of people who are extremely smart, who have started in the longevity field and spent a lot of time in there and are now moving to cryonics. Um, so, and, and, you know, I won't go too much into what Laura's working on because it's not announced, yeah. but, um, you know, there, there are a lot of really intelligent people who are now moving their focus over to cryonics. And I think we're gonna see a lot more over the next 10 years or so. Um, Very nice. Yeah, so exciting stuff. Well,
0: well and Kai, like, I, 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 forgive me if I'm wrong, cause I, I don't know much about this, but it does seem like there is a more of a biological, uh, precedent for cryonics. If I think of like, uh, aren't there, you know, certain species of frogs that can, you know, survive very, very cold temperatures and then like kind of be, uh, revivified or something like that. Whereas like aging, we don't really see, I mean, there's some examples, right. But not very much in mammals. Uh, yeah, not,
1: not a ton in mammals. I mean, we're, we already live very long compared to, uh, uh, other mammals that are close to us. Right. Right. Uh, so we're already doing pretty, pretty well in that department but, um, yeah, the, what you're referring to is actually the, uh, it's a species of, uh, tree frog up in, um, it's found in Alaska, um, is, is one of them. There's actually a few, there's a few, uh, animals that do this, but, uh, that's one of the cooler ones It actually, um, in the winter, it freezes up to, uh, 60% of its, of its brain and its body and its blood stops flowing and its heart stops beating. I mean, by all Definitions, it's dead, right? Right. And uh, in the spring, it thaws out and it comes back to life. And it's incredible because, yeah, like when when you're, if if you can base an intervention off of something that's already happening in nature with a different organism, I mean, that's yeah. fantastic, right? Like that's a really good signal that this is something that is possible. Um, and what's what's incredible about about them is they have built-in cryoprotectants. Wow. Uh, these, these frogs have evolved with these cryoprotectants that helps them not take damage when they freeze. And uh, so for humans and, and animals, when we cryopreserve them, we have to add those cryoprotectants, of course, the ones that we make. Um, but it's generally the same thing. So yeah, I mean, it's 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 really incredible to see that in nature. That's a really amazing signal.
0: Absolutely. Sure. And, and are most of this cryoprotectants around preventing ice crystals? It's, is that the is that the big technical challenge, or, or what is the big technical challenge with cryonics right now?
1: That that is, you know, one of the core challenges. I mean, it especially was one of the core challenges um, back before vitrification was really introduced. I mean, I think I think vitrification was introduced in the eighties, and uh, I think Alcor started applying it, uh, I believe, around the year two thousand um and i mean before this uh it was obviously very difficult because, uh, what happened is you have, uh, yeah, the crystallization that happens, the ice formation, um, ice also expands. It's, I, I believe it's 9% larger volume, uh, as opposed. So kind of a problem. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah, <laughs> right. pretty much yeah. every cell is getting pretty messed up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and so that, that, you know, that was one of the biggest problems. And, um, uh, of course, you know, uh, Greg Faye is the one that, that really introduced vitrification into cryobiology back in the eighties. And, uh, he, you know, uh, he's, he's still to this day, uh, makes the leading cryoprotectants, uh, that, that the whole industry uses. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that, that, that is one of the core problems is, is perfecting that process. We've, we've come a long way. It's definitely a lot better than straight freezing, which, which it right. was. Right. Um, and, uh, but you know, it, it introduces a few more problems because, um, these cryoprotectants are toxic. know there's a level of toxicity that they have so there is damage that they're still doing on the way in uh that we need to be able to solve them um so i mean that's that's one of the big ones there's there are others i i I mean one of the cool things about the cryonics industry is a lot of the work uh translates really well from model organisms to humans Gotcha. Um, whereas if if you're testing in an aging intervention on a mouse which has nearly no genetic diversity right it's it's very rare that that's going to translate well to humans and that's why it takes so long um and just as a side note i mean this is why what celine over at loyal uh where she's working on with the dog aging drugs yeah is brilliant what's amazing about that is that the interventions that we actually test on dogs if they end up working um there's a much higher chance that that's going to translate over to humans gotcha uh, nice. but but yeah, a lot of longevity science is still done on the, the mice. So I'm not okay. sure how bullish I am on that. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh yeah, I mean, um it, I, I guess the real difference when it comes to uh you know animals and um uh, humans is is scale. It's the being able to uh preserve large organs and large tissues uh and and uh because obviously at, at a smaller scale that's that's much easier yeah. um so those are really the the main problems that we're faced with gotcha but you know, like i said they're engineering problems you know we right. much like this, we're going to solve it so yeah
0: no i i love that and it does seem like also like versus the age so aging seems to be very different in different types of animals but it does make sense to me that you know perhaps um you know freezing a mammal is like kind of freezing a mammal you know like there's maybe like smaller i feel like differences they seem to be much smaller for a reason i can't quite articulate exactly um very cool um i i'm curious you know i, I was reading a couple of years ago um there's a lot of hype about plastination mm. um you know what do you think about plastination is that a good approach or is is freezing just much better for a reason for 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 some reason
1: yeah. You know, there's, there's a few approaches, specifically these approaches are usually targeted towards brain preservation. That's where gotcha. a lot of it has gone. Plastination is one of them. Um, there's, there's definitely a few problems with plastination, obviously. I mean, there hasn't been a ton of research into it, which is gotcha. one of the biggest problems. I mean, we've been working on crab preservation for 50 plus years now, right? Yeah. yeah even, even longer. So, um, uh, not to mention the fact that we've already, uh, uh you know, Greg Fay took a, a completely cryopreserved a rabbit kidney, I believe, and then put it back in the rabbit and had it work completely fine. I mean, wow. we're, we're, we're right on the edge of having organ cryopreservation and, uh, even the revival of small mammals, like, like hamsters, uh, that's not far off. So wow. it would seem a little silly to kind of switch focus now to a different preservation technique, but that's not even the biggest problem. The, the main problem is that plastination, like a lot of these other preservation techniques are irreversible.
0: Gotcha. We, the, we, <laughs> that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. A lot so, different from thawing out versus like yeah. deplastinating something, yes.
1: Right. And 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 a lot of people are okay with this. I don't want to say a lot. Um, there's not a lot of people focusing on it in the first place. Yeah. But some people are, are okay with this because um, they believe We're we'll kind
0: be of kicking the can down the road. It's like well we're figuring that problem out later. Is right, that, is, right. Is that the sense well
1: you know it it's it's practically irreversible i mean i guess you could say eventually everything would be possible but it's not something that i would <laughs> <pretty> uh, <laughs> <far down> the, <laughs> you might down as well be chain. pouring some cement in there right but yeah. uh they believe that one day we'll be able to upload gotcha. scan and upload our gotcha. consciousness or what makes us us you know our personality yeah. our memories um i'm not big on the up- uploading route i know Robert McIntyre is is kind of in a similar field where he's working with, uh, you know, aldehyde stabilized cryopreservation, which is sort of another example of that, uh, where the end goal is uploading, um, because they, they do offer, you know, good preservation, right? Gotcha. So As long as we can preserve it, then, you know, as long as we can scan it and and upload it to a digital uh, consciousness that we have in the future, that's fantastic. But, um, then it comes into the debate of what makes you, you, and what's a clone and how do you stay yourself if you transfer that or yeah, you know, that and that's um I mean that's a can of worms, you know, that's yeah. uh <laughs> an interesting one to go down. So I think cryonics still makes the most sense because of the opportunity of reversing it. You know, that's gotcha. the that's the key and that's the only, you know, path we have to that right now. So right, right. and
0: reversal, yeah. it it really matters. Um why focus on pets you know like is it just a a bigger population you can get started on um yeah like uh uh, just what's the impetus for pets in first
1: yeah so i mean when i was trying to figure out i knew i wanted to build a company in the chronic space i knew i wanted it to be a for-profit i don't think the non-profit is smart and i believe it's why chronics is uh i mean alcor hit their 50-year anniversary and chronics is still like a weird fringe topic i mean yeah You know, obviously there's a lot being done wrong there. I think a nonprofit approach is one of those problems. Um, I knew I wanted to build something in this space. I didn't really know exactly where to start, but I tried to look at where I wanted cryonics to be. And for me, I would love it. uh, If cryonics is more of a go to option than uh, just just burning bodies or burying people in the ground right it seems very barbaric and i'd I'd love to make cryonics um, one of those standard options at least so people can have the, the opportunity to choose and i think the way you do that and also the way that you legitimize cryonics in the first place is getting it into hospitals getting it into real medicine not having it be some weird building out in the middle of the desert that right. people aren't taking through <laughs> Arizona. Right?
0: We don't know what's going on out right. there, right? <laughs> you know,
1: yes. and uh, and having real doctors perform these procedures, right? I think yes. that's extremely important. I I don't think these two industries should be enemies uh, eventually. Like we need to bring these together, and obviously, it's very difficult to show through a hospital and say, "Hey, you guys should start doing chronics," right? right. <laughs> like that's that's not a likely outcome. Um, but if we can start with pets and we can introduce the idea of cryonics in veterinary hospitals, right. then eventually we can get there. And it's, it's actually one of the things that we're doing with cryopets is we're actually a hybrid facility. So we are an animal hospital mixed with a cryonic facility. Nice. So we do both. So uh, I was trying to think like, okay, what's the best route to getting the first? You know, let's just focus on getting the first veterinary hospital on board. And I was like, well, yeah easiest way to do that is if I am the veterinary hospital, right? right? Like then, and then it's a, it's a pretty easy problem. Right. So, um, and, and I think, you know, even, even when it comes to people being interested in, in cryonics, I think if it's a veterinarian who is telling you about the real science behind this, and although it's experimental, um, you know, just coming from a more legitimate, uh, uh, place, I think it, it can really change uh the amount of people who are interested in this yes absolutely Uh, and and and, you know what that also enables us to do is scale across the country i mean an ideal future is that anyone can go to their uh you know a a veterinary hospital animal hospital in their area in their state and uh have them be able to perform this procedure the the initial steps of the cryopreservation on their pet if they need to put down um, and, and then they would transfer the pet to our facility for the long term, Right. Very nice. So all these things kind of, you know, prove that cryonics can be something that can scale something that can be venture backable and yeah. we bring a lot of money in the space to hopefully speed up the progress of, of this, which is my main goal, of course. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think pets just the is a fantastic gateway and and we're seeing this in the longevity space as well um right. with uh dog aging drugs mostly i wish they would have a little focus on cats as well i've right. been uh, asking around i've i have a cat here actually with me oh um, you know she's uh she's 10 now so she's actually one of the inspirations to to moving quickly That's on awesome. this right because yeah. uh y- you know the clock is ticking there right but um yeah uh, i think pets are the way to getting cryonics mainstream so. absolutely
0: And is the regulatory barrier smaller dealing with animals than humans i'm assuming it would be right
1: vastly smaller i mean gotcha. it's a lot easier <laughs> there's i mean there's all kinds of problems with uh humans i mean sometimes there's autopsy requirements. They have to get around. I mean, the hospital, gotcha. and they're like, no, actually we have to cut this person open. And you're like, well, we're <laughs> oh, up for cryonics. We need the. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe not great. Yeah. You. It's it, time. Um, I mean, really like you don't want more than, I mean, ideally you want, you, you want to perform kind of, product preservation assuming. directly after, like, as soon as you can that. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's why you know pets are great, even just for efficacy of, of uh, at first, because uh, euthanasia gives us the opportunity to start that right. procedure directly after after their uh, after they're dead. So yeah, it's it's difficult with humans. There's a lot of unsolved problems there. The sudden death problem is one of the main ones, which is yeah. going to be difficult to fix. I mean, a lot of the times people we don't go in to get euthanized, right? We we ride <laughs> that baby out as long as we can. Yeah, exactly right go in the middle of the night right and it makes it very difficult to i mean a lot of the case studies with with people who are cryopreserved today i mean sometimes they go 18 24 32 hours before they're at the facility and i mean there's just not a lot left to preserve there right Right. you're preserving soup so it's 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 tough you know it's tough but you know pets gives us the opportunity to to you know prove that cryonics can be a profitable business and solve a lot of these problems and then eventually move to humans once we're more confident. So right.
0: that makes sense. That makes no it, it makes a ton of sense. And it, it, you're right, it does need to be in every hospital for this to really work, right? Because it just takes too long. You know, if you got to fly to Scottsdale or whatever, it's just it's not going to work. Um <laughs> I'm I'm curious, Kai, you know, how much of the lack of uptake of chronics is um do you think like it, it's just something where people find it weird and it's a norm we can change? Or is it just like, is it just something inbuilt? Um, you know, I'm in, involved in kind of like the less wrong community. And a lot of people, they, they did this fun survey, Yucasty did. And uh, maybe it wasn't Yucasty, but someone did a survey and they asked everyone whether they signed up for Cryonics. And it was like many multiples more than the people that were actually signed up at Alcor, right? So like people w- will say like they're going to do it or they never really get around to it. And even beyond that, like a lot of people just find it like really weird or something like that.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, I was actually talking to, um, Christine, uh, Peterson the other day, who was uh, the co-founder of the Foresight Institute. Oh, nice. Um, uh, she's awesome. She's one that coined the term open source. And I mean, she's, she's, cool. uh, she's done so much, but she was telling me that a lot of the work that she's done is just. Going to people in in the industry, people who are part of Foresight, and, and and just in that community, and helping them get signed up, like just walking them through it, being there gotcha. with them, because it is a complicated process. I right. mean, I think uh, for Alcor, it it even takes up to a to a month to really get everything in order, and uh, and you got to sign over your your life insurance in most cases, right. and it's just it's just a it's kind of a daunting process. Yeah. And, um, I know tomorrow biostasis is working on making that a little easier and they're doing good work there. Um, yeah, I think, so I think when it comes to people who are interested and in not signed up, I think that's kind of the, one of the bigger barriers is gotcha. it's just, it's a lot of work or they're kind of younger at the time. They don't feel like, <clears throat> you know, they need to sign up tomorrow. Right. Right. Um, but really it's, it's, yeah, it's better to be safe than sorry, I suppose. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, and, and I think, you know, when it comes to people being just weirded out by it. Um, I've noticed that most people that I talk to about this, A, have no idea about the science. I mean, there's just been no gotcha. communication on the science of where we're actually at with this. How close we are to organ cryopreservation, that's completely reversible. How close we are to uh, even reviving small mammals from cryopreservation. I mean, people just really don't know. So I know there's definitely like a barrier of, of knowledge there that we need to do better at just providing that, that information. Like, hey, we're not just throwing people in a nice chest. I mean, there's right. you know real science. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, uh, and I think another step, which obviously we're talking about is, is getting it into hospitals. Um, because gotcha. if it's your doctor or your veterinarian telling you about this, as opposed to just some random company that's trying to get money from you, it's just, you know, it's, it's a totally different ballpark. So
0: absolutely. No, that, that makes, that makes a ton of, makes a ton of sense. Um, well, how has the experience been so far? I mean, you know, when did you get started with the project? When was it initially like, okay, like it's actually time to like commit and, and make this thing a reality? Like, how has it been?
1: Yeah, I think I, I came up with the idea for it initially in July last year. So I've really been working on it since then. And cryonics is a funny business because you can, I mean, if you set up all the meetings, I mean, you, you could meet everyone in cryonics in a week. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a That's pretty small space. Uh, and luckily everyone is awesome. You know, it's been That's like, cool. uh, everyone has been extremely welcoming of, you know, the ideas that I'm presenting and, and, uh, my background coming from, you know, tech, which is like a totally different space, um, you know, learnings that I have from all those years and, and bringing them in, in here, everyone's been, uh, really awesome and and helpful. And it's kind of a space because at the, at the end of the day, everyone just, we just don't want to die and we want to help other people <laughs> not die. Like pretty good thing. Going, <laughs> you don't go into cryonics because you want to make a ton of money like no one's here because they want to make a ton of money if i want to make a ton of money i would just found another tech startup right Right. so you just kind of have a big group of people who are all doing this because they truly just believe in it and want it to work and and, and want to help people uh so it's a really cool community so it's, it's really you know it was a lot of months of just uh you know meeting everyone around the space um you know, talking to people who don't necessarily know about it yet, but should be more involved. Yeah. Um, and then of course just, just getting up to speed of myself on on where all the research is and, and and how I can uh utilize it and 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 how I can help, right? Definitely. Um, I so mean no, it's it's been fantastic. We actually just started um uh, raising at the beginning of this month, end of last month. Um nice. Our seed round, which has been going extremely well, um, there's there's been a lot of interest, and and uh, you know I I think we can prove that cryonics can work here as as a, a real business. So um, no, it's been it's been really good, and it's one of those things where you know I I love the time that I spent in tech and in gaming yeah. and in all these fields of hosting. You know some of my best memories, um, but truly when you work on something that is life and death, when you work in in an industry where uh, that's on the line. Yeah. Um, it's really an amazing feeling. I mean, you know, it's it's uh, it, it's it gives you a lot of, you know, that feeling of purpose is is you know you feel it a lot more. So right, uh, no, it's been a really cool experience so far. I love that. I love that.
0: I'm curious. There, there's one other aspect uh, to HeroX. I, I people think people do not talking about enough and it's actually the political it seems like the political is actually really important for cryonics and governance of or you know organizations over the long term seems to be like a really difficult problem to solve um have you thought about this at all you know you've you've worked in web3 so this is kind of like a a related area but have you thought about like how to solve some of the governance challenges about keeping an organization running you know successfully over the long term you've got to keep things cold right and like this is a this is a real challenge
1: yeah, no, I mean, for sure. I mean, and, and this is like, this is a huge problem. You see, even there's a cryo facility in Russia called uh cryo Rus, I believe, Price. and and right now they're having a, a very, it's, it's almost like a fight for power over the facility right now between the owners. Um, and it goes to show you like how careful you have to be with yes. something like this, yes. because if, if you're thinking about a company that has to ideally exist for hundreds of years. I mean, uh, yeah, you have to be careful that how you approach that and, and I do come from a web3 lip, background and I'm, I'm involved in DAOs and there's a lot of, you know, exciting ideas that are, you know, forming as far as decentralized governance over right. companies, over organizations. Certainly none of them are proven enough by this point right. to really execute or count on for something like this. In the future, maybe there will be, it's definitely like an exciting area that I'm watching closely. I'm even involved in like something called the dog longevity DAO right now, or, or we're helping fund dog, uh, dog longevity research. And, um, so there's, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of exciting, uh, uh, you know, hopefully breakthroughs that they, we have there where people can, you know, start forming or organizations and companies with those structures. Yeah. But I think it's going to take some time. And, um, so, yeah, I mean, I, 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 there, there aren't a lot of companies that have lasted hundreds of years, right? I think one of the key components and what all the other chronicists know, you know, as well, is that we all have to be working together in order right. to survive that long. And, and Alcor yeah. is, you know, uh, props to them for lasting 50 years now, right? I mean, that's right. a, that's a big achievement. It shows that it, it yeah. can't be done. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it, it it really comes down to everyone just collaborating and making sure that, you um, you know, we, we certainly don't want like a big PR disaster in cryonics right now. Right. Right. There even were some back in, uh, uh, man, I can't forget. I, ca- I can't remember the year, um, but you know, cryonic facilities that started up and then failed and then, uh, right. uh, you know, had a lot of bad PR around them. Yeah. What are the space industry where we had large failures and it kind of caused a, you know, people kind of backed away from it for a while. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But of course, you know, uh, private companies came in and, and and made a huge difference and and got it going again, right? Which is kind of the dream for cryonics as well. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's really going to come down to collaboration and just taking it one step at a time. You know, figuring out how we can we can survive for that for that long because it's yeah you know, one of the most important aspects of it. Yeah. Um,
0: well, and it, it definitely does seem like um, one thing that is on your side is if you can get a a um a large enough mass of people who are signed up or enough pets signed up you know what i mean there's a certain amount of momentum to keep these things going like if there's norms around it it's like normal it's a normal thing and there's processes like it's much easier right um, I like to give the example of, you know, there's still Stasi officers who get pensions, you know what I mean? So, right. like, these things get, like, generally, like, we're actually pretty good at, like, maintaining some things through, you know, regime changes and all kinds of different ways. Um, if it's common enough knowledge and it's a normal enough thing.
1: 100%. No, that's a great example. <laughs> Definitely.
0: Definitely. So, it is solvable in some sense. Um, yeah. I, I want to move a little bit and talk about your experience. Um, so, you know, you dropped out of high school. Um and you mentioned, like, on your website that one of the things that it, it was really helpful about that was you were able to sleep. And it's actually one thing that empirically we see is that, like, um, it's actually really bad for kids not being able to get enough sleep. And, like, the, you know, I remember, like, when I was in high school, you know, we had to go in, like, 7 o'clock in the morning, you know, and you're just, like, destroyed. Because, you know, you're, you're meant to be sleeping in at this time. You're, like, trying to stay awake. Um, you know how much you know how important do you think uh that aspect is and um do we just overlook that because you know adults just need less sleep
1: man i think that's one of like that's probably one of our biggest failures in society is like dragging kids out of bed on zero sleep trying to shove a bunch of knowledge in their head that they don't retain at all nope. right or if they do it's for the short term for the quiz for the test whatever and then they lose it completely because they don't have the sleep that they need i mean it's Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely mind blowing to me. I, I, especially, I mean, we have the science, we know how much kids need to be sleeping, right? It's a lot more than, than adults and they don't get it. (laughs) They don't get the sleep that they need for their development. No, I mean, it, it, it blows my mind. If I, if I do have, have kids, uh, they will be homeschooled and they will be sleeping in. Um, I can tell you that, but, uh, yeah, it, it, it was, Absolutely. I believe a game changer for me. I mean, just, uh, the clarity I was able to have throughout those years. I mean, I, I, I think was, um, yeah. And, and man, I, uh, the, the health benefits that it, it probably has that we don't even are, are still, you know, not, not studied enough. Um, yeah, I think I think we're gonna find out that that was one of our biggest failures. Like that was a big mistake. That sort of set up, yeah, for education. Definitely you know, blows yeah. my mind. Uh,
0: do you think uh, high school is just generally kind of overrated? Then,
1: you know, it's kind of tough because you don't want to tell every kid to drop out of high school and then they don't find their footing and
0: <laughs> right, it doesn't <laughs> no, really work, doesn't work like, out yeah. for
1: them. I, I think the I think there are certain people who. Once they get to high school, they feel like, you know, if they're already ready, to kind of jump in and start, uh, whether it's starting a company or just getting going on their own projects. And, um, I think those people know who they are at the time. Gotcha. Right. And so I, I don't think those, those people are necessarily the ones who are looking around on podcasts or on, uh, you know, videos to, to see if like, Ooh, should I drop out? I think they're just already dropping out. Right. Like they know. They know they have the confidence in themselves, themselves that they need. So I I think high school definitely has its, its merits, uh, college, I think is completely useless, you know, that's, (laughs) that's a different, uh, topic entirely, at least I'm in its current structure. It's, it's, uh, uh, laughable in my, in my opinion, but, um, you know, I, I think, I think, yeah, high school is, is one of those times where if you feel like you're ready, then absolutely get out of there as fast as you possibly can because I mean the because i mean if, if i didn't have those years i would probably not be working on what i am now until you know four years from now at least right, right? i'd be so i'd be so far behind and um yeah. yeah that time is extremely valuable especially when you're at a state as, as a kid where your mind is still so malleable right? right like you can you can completely change who you are with enough yep. work right at that age especially so it's a really valuable time. And I think most of it's wasted for most people, which is, you know, it sucks. so, um, yeah, I would, I would recommend everyone who is, uh, intelligent and, and, and knows that they have what it takes to, to, you know, uh, uh, start their own business or figure things out on their own. Yeah, absolutely. High school is overrated, you know, definitely for those people, hundred percent.
0: I love that. I love that. There's a great, um, Scott Alexander post uh, where he gives a graduation speech and he talks about how, you know, they did these uh, studies in the sixties. It was very unethical. They held some kids out of school, out of high school. And it turned out, you know, it was a pretty big cohort and, and they were on average about a year behind. Like that was, that was about what the effect size was. And that's on average, right? So there's some people who did fine, some people who didn't, who um, uh, did a little bit worse, but uh, it's interesting. Like it's, it's a pretty small effect size, just holding for everything else
1: yeah uh, no, that is interesting yeah that's cool
0: well um kai uh thank you so much for hopping on the the show i i really appreciate it um where should we send people where can people find cryopets
1: yeah i mean uh, we don't have a ton up right now uh but you can go to cryopets.com uh hop in our discord feel free to chat in there about everything we're working on um or just hit me up on twitter you know at kai Mega Mills. uh that's where i'm at most of the time. So, you know, awesome. feel free to get in touch and, uh, yeah, anyone who's interested in learning more, I'm, I'm always happy to talk about it. So
0: super awesome. Well, thanks so much, Kai. I appreciate yeah, it. Thank
1: you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. It's been a blast.
0: Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with a new episode of narratives.